The following is brought to you by the Starfleet Podcast Network, SPN, The Spin. Have you ever had one of those days where you're trying to think of something, you can feel the neurons going, but they don't really connect all the way? That's like my Monday, Tuesday, and Thursdays. <laughs> that is my every day that ends in a Y. Welcome to Beyond Trek Podcast. I am your host, Big J. I am here with a guest co-host, what we'll call you, Doug, who was our man on the ground for the Triconderoga in New York, Triconderoga in New York. And I want to hear about this experience that you had. And first, I want to tell you how jealous I am that you got to go do this. I've missed everything this year. I missed STLV, wasn't able to, do, uh, to get to that. It ended up falling out of the budget, this Triconderoga. So I'm missing out on everything. So I get to sit here and hear you talk about it and be envious. <laughs> well, thanks, Joshua. I tell you what, though, STLV was interesting this year with the strike, right? All the conventions uh, had that big question mark. What can they do? What can they talk about? Early on, the rumors were that they couldn't talk about anything that was project related because that would be against their contract mm -hmm. um, and they weren't allowed to bring it up. However, as time went on, different uh, Facebook groups and different uh, website forums talked about what they could do and what they couldn't do. So SCLV was different. We, I wasn't there this year. I've been there many, many years, uh, but not this year. We had the opportunity to do Star Trek Ticonderoga, which is a first for me and my wife this year. Uh, it's located in Ticonderoga, New York. If you don't have... Um, the opportunity to do a, a big one like Star Trek LV, then Ticonderoga is amazing. First of all, it's incredibly affordable. Um, oh, is it? It's incredibly affordable. The weekend pass, it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So two and a half days. Um, it's not as big as Star Trek uh, Las Vegas or even Chicago or even um, San Francisco or New Jersey. Um, it was $73. Um, what? That's it? $73 for the weekend. For the weekend. That gets you in to uh, Ticonderoga, which I'll explain what that is in a little bit, and uh, get you a tour that includes a tour of the set, the original series set, which is immaculate. You do not want to leave. Once you get in there, you feel like you're right there in the, in the 1968 filming of uh, Star Trek, the original series. So I saw your pictures. and I've got a slideshow running right now that you'll see once you watch this and sure. they did. I could not believe how authentic it all looked. And it, it looked like you were really there. It's and amazing. I'm still, I'm still amazed by the, for $73, you couldn't get a sandwich at STLV. <laughs> it's, this is true. It's ridiculous. So yeah. Okay. So going, going back to the, um, Oh, shoot. You know, you remember how I was saying at the beginning of this that the neurons in the brain just don't work? Did they kick in? Well, no, it, it kicked in for a second and then went away. So we can edit this in post. Heck, no, no, I don't edit anything. We do this. We do a raw is what I like to say. You know, we'll do it live. We do it live. And it'll, live. it'll be fine. Yes, it'll be exactly. Fine. That's that's part of that's part of the thing is it's more natural when you're talking and you trail off and forget what you were saying. So. Uh, so this was the first year that you were able to be there for this, it right? Was. Now, yeah, this is what we're talking for, about. It's been going on for a couple of years. Uh, a gentleman named James Crowley, 
years ago, I, I don't know the exact date, I'm guessing about 12 years ago, um, he was, I found out during, um, that there's a clip of his speech. First of all, he's an Elvis impersonator as mm-hmm. a side kid. Okay. And, um, so that's his, that's his current job, if you will. But his original job was a, uh, wardrobe manufacturer on the set of the next generation. Um, he designed, he made, he didn't design, but he made Wesley Crusher's outfits. Uh, I so didn't know that. That neither did I. That sweater, he made it. He actually knitted it, fitted it, got it ready to go, repaired it if it got if it got broken. Um, that was his job. That's his original connection to uh, next, to Star Trek Next Generation. After it closed, I don't know the entire story, but he was able to end up with a lot of blueprints, um, a lot of memorabilia from uh, from the, the shows. And one day, this, uh, he's from Ticonderoga, New York, which. By the way, it's a very small town in the middle of New York, in the middle of nowhere else. It's out there. Uh, there's nothing else there. However, what was there is an abandoned grocery store. He was able to purchase this abandoned grocery store in a small little strip mall, which I've got a couple of photos of that up there. It's very small. However, it's big enough for him to be able to recreate the original series set. The, he has the bridge. Uh, you'll see in the slideshow. He's got uh, Dr. McCoy's medical bay. He's got Scotty's engineering office. He's got the transporter room, which we, yes, you can hop on the transporter and take your photo. Uh, so if you want to geek out, get up there with your uniform and do it. You know, um, the hallways, all the hallways between the different sets are the original series hallways. So um, he's got red alerts going in the background. He's got push buttons on the wall. You feel like you're in the scenes on the set. So he's been doing that for about 15, uh, 12 to 15 years. And he just recently announced that he was able to purchase the building next door, or he's in agreement to purchase the building next door, where he is next going to build the next generation set. Really? Oh, wow. So next, he already has a control console built. Um, I think there might be a photo of it in the slideshow. He has a control console, control console built from the next gen um, scene. Um, It's where um, um, it's it's the back of the the bridge. Yes. You would see that. Um, so that's already built and, um, he's working on the rest of it. Um, there was a, uh, while we were there, there was a set designer, um, who, uh, from the next generation who explained how they built, um, Star Trek Enterprise D for Star Trek Picard season three. And he went through the entire build, how they built it, um, how, um, <laughs> yeah. how Brent Spiner ripped the chair by knocking it into the wall all the time. And uh, how did he, <laughs> it's a picture of a tear in the cloth of data's chair. And he said it was too close to the console. And the very first thing Brent Spiner did when they were showing him uh, the, the recreation of the set, the, 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 the cast and crew came in, Brent Spiner sits down, sees his chair and turns and hits the side of the chair against the console. And he kept hitting it and hitting it and hitting it and says, this doesn't turn all the way. Is it supposed to turn all the way? Well, as he's doing it, he rips the chair. I, and there's a, um, if you buy the, uh, we've been told you buy the director's cut of the DVD uh, for Next Generation, or um, for Star Trek Picard, um, when it comes out on Blu-ray soon, it'll include the director's cut, which includes that tear in the chair. So oh. um, it shows you how it happened. It also shows... Um, I, I, I may have gotten a small recording of this if I wasn't allowed to, but I took it anyway. 
uh, after they finished building Enterprise D for Star Trek Picard, they invited the cast onto, you can see them walking on the set for the first time. They're just, you know, they're all in amazement going, oh my Lord, I can't believe this is, you recreated Enterprise D. Um, and it's amazing to watch them walk on and be like you and I doing the same thing. <laughs> they're just flabbergasted as how cool it is to be back on Enterprise D. It is. It's amazing how cool it looked and the photos that you took. And the other thing was with the attention to detail, the lighting, the lighting also looked like how it did in the, in the sixties when they filmed it and how, how this was done. And, uh, I'm, I'm hoping one day to be able to talk to him about all this stuff, uh, send him a message on Facebook, hadn't heard back, but it would be amazing to, uh, to be able to talk to him directly about that. But, uh, yeah, mention my name. It probably won't do a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, this guy, Doug was there looking at your said Doug, who <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get any further, you know, it's, <clears throat> but now the really, the really cool thing is he's out of room. I mean, they're, they were talking about where are they going to put the next set? They bought the building next door. It's going to take some red tape to get through and it needs to be repaired, et cetera, et cetera. There, um, there, there are very few hotels um, in Ticonderoga. In fact, we stayed at B&B a couple miles away. It was beautiful. Um, there's very little to do in Ticonderoga, but there is, of course, his Star Trek. Um, That's the only thing in Ticonderoga, it sounds like. Pretty much. Except there is a Ticonderoga uh, school right up the street, about a mile off the road. Yep. And the, because there's no room in his facility currently, um, he'll hold off-site events. It's, it, you could walk it. It's probably half a mile, three-quarters of a mile where most people drove. And in there, they had a vendor's area, which was not SDLV. It's not that big. It was not Chicago. It's not that big. But you could go in and pick up some trinkets and some T-shirts and spend a little cash if you wanted to and mm -hmm. just hang out with everybody else. There's a lot of people in costume. Uh, they're doing the cosplay thing. Uh, my wife and I uh, did have a, uh, a few, and you may see those in there. Um, but um, it is a miniature Star Trek convention without the cost. In addition to that, you can go to the auditorium um, where um, uh, my, my, my favorite Riker was there. He came in and did, um, uh, did probably an hour with everybody. But the cool thing is, is think of your high school auditorium. There's 100 people there, right? That's right. it. There's 100 people there. SDLE, there's 6,000 people there. With, with, yeah, with Ticonderoga, you're 10 feet away from, from uh, Riker the entire time. You know, so you don't have red shirts, the security officer standing right there. And exactly. if you look at them too long, then they're bouncing you out of the place or, <laughs> you know, don't speak to them directly, all that stuff, which. Yeah, don't speak to the directors. Exactly. <laughs> Autographs in the cafeteria. Um, think of your high school cafeteria. Yeah. Um, they had a row. I might have some photos of that, some video of that, mm -hmm. where there's just a line of people waiting to get their autographs. And they did the photo ops off, uh, also. So. Now, this is where, um, and also uh, John Delancey was there, uh, Q. Uh, Q was there. Um, he was wonderful, spoke for, for a while. Brent Spiner was supposed to be scheduled to appear, but unfortunately got COVID a few days before and had to cancel, which is very common with a lot of the conventions that we go to, um, that so many shows, so many stars either get uh, a scheduling conflict or get sick or whatever. So Brent Spiner wasn't able to make it, but um, um, obviously Q and Riker were there and uh, spoke to us as if we were having dinner with them. It was amazing. Now, it, it sounds like it was much better with having a smaller crowd there. 
was. It was. You got up front. You got personable. Um, you felt like you had a chance to talk to somebody. Whereas at STLV uh, Creations uh, view, which I love, however, um, you're a hundred feet away and you're yeah. watching everybody up on a big screen somewhere. You know, whereas here you can see in the in the in the photos I sent, you're ten feet away. Yeah. Um, so so that was really nice. Um, now I understand um, uh, Kirk has been there. Um, who else has been there? There's a, there's a pretty good name. Um, of people who have been there so far. He's building a bigger audience um, and getting more and more names. Now, the $73 included your admission to the museum, which honestly takes about 45 minutes to go through, and that's it. You're not hanging out. You're not having dinner. You're walking through with a tour guide who makes sure that you don't touch anything. Now, you're allowed to get your photo on the on the transporter, <laughs> and you're allowed to sit in the captain's chair and take a photo. That's pretty much it. You're not allowed to sit on a... Dr. McCoy's beds, you're not allowed to you know, hang out in engineering and climb up the stairs or anything like that. I want to ask you that. What was yeah. that like sitting in the captain's chair? It was it was that holy grail moment. I mean, let's yeah. face it, we've all we've all wanted to do it, right? Yes. Now, unfortunately, I didn't have my Captain Kirk tunic on. I wish I did. Uh, Julie and I had gotten there and it was time to do the tour. Now you only get one tour with your $72 admission. Um, but gives you a toy, you can buy another one, of course. But I didn't have my tunic on, and we were in there. And we're like, well, let's, let's just go. We didn't know you could take your picture until you got to the oh, It was the okay. last thing you did before you exited the, to the gift shop. So we didn't think that we were going to be able to do it, so we didn't even bother. I, obviously, in hindsight, I wish I would have had my tunic on. Um, so later, so the $72 gives you admission to the museum. You get your tour. Um, but also, of course, you can run through the gift shop. It also get you into the events for the weekend. So when Riker and Q and John uh, Steve Crowley were talking, you're allowed to go into the auditorium and listen to all of it. That's included. So well worth the price of admission right there. Absolutely. Now, if you want to, if you want to, you want to go bold and you want to get your picture um, with, with one of the stars, say in this case, Riker or Q, um, I think it was a buck 50. So a little pricey. Mm. We were tempted to do it, except we found out because of the strike, they weren't allowed to promote um, things that they were currently active in. So they couldn't take the picture on the bridge the way we thought we could. Yeah, you had to do it at the school in a regular auditorium because that would because of the strike, that would have been promoting um, a, a series that they were under contract with. Okay. Uh, so well, you, got, you had to yeah, you had to take your picture in the auditorium at the school. Actually they had a classroom set up. Weird. Which is a lot like um, SCLV, you know, just a room with a background, you stand, you snap, you take your photo and you move on kind of the same way there. So we opted not to do that. We really wanted our picture with a star on the bridge. In addition, the really cool thing you could do, this was pricey. You can take a tour of the original series sets with Q or Riker or theoretically Brent uh, Spiner but it was 450 bucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. And well, you know, what's funny is hearing those prices, you're thinking, well, that's kind of steep, but you know what? I've, we've all spent probably so, so much more than that. You have to wonder, well, why, why is that such a, a deal breaker? I mean, there have been times where I wish my credit card statement was only $450, but never. No, I could go an entire month and not touch it at all. 
right. and still have this bill. It's like, wait a minute, why? but I didn't use it. Oh, yeah, here, here, <laughs> here. Oh, okay, yeah, that was me. That was this. But now for that, I would think for that price, is it is it a one on one thing? Like it's just you and, or is it the group it's of group. people? It's a group and, of people. You know. Okay, now, I um, guess that wouldn't be so bad. No, the other thing too is um, recently Captain Kirk did a tour. I think last year, maybe a year before, it was a thousand dollars. It was limited to fifty people, and it sold out in minutes. Minutes, it was sold out. Now, Doing a tour with William Shatner, I can. William Shatner on the original series bridge. Okay, I. I think I would have had. I wouldn't do it, but I could see how people would just instantly say yes. I think I would have had to spring for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, it's shorter, but it's sweeter. And, um, you know, it's a great weekend. It's an inexpensive weekend. Find a bed and breakfast somewhere. Hopefully friends and family live nearby. Um, and uh, In Ticonderoga, what are the odds? <laughs> or anywhere around? <laughs> Doug, I want to thank you again for coming on tonight and talking to me about Ticonderoga. Absolutely. I am definitely going to have to try to make it there for next year. Yeah, so, I'll tell you, for, for us, it's a 12-hour drive. Oh, <laughs> but you can fly into Albany if you want to. And it's, you know, a short rental car away from there. Yeah, uh, definitely highly recommend. Well, that, that's not too bad. So what I'd like to do is we're going to end the podcast and I'm going to show some clips of Jonathan Frakes from Great. when he was at Ticonderoga. So and thanks again for getting that for me. I appreciate you getting that video. So absolutely. I'm sure it's not copyrighted at all. <laughs> well, ooh, I guess we're going to find out, you know, so if, if we're totally shut down, shut down and no more Beyond Trek podcast episodes, you'll know why. I'll know why. I can put my seal on that one. Jefferson, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate this. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll do this again. Okay. All right. Well, here he is. Some interview with Jonathan Frakes at the Triconderoga. Now, how does this work? You ask me questions? I tell you lies? <laughs> tell stories. Uh, should I tell you the story of my first Star Trek convention? Yeah. It's an old story, but it's true. It took place in this very state, Syracuse, New York. 1987, I think it was the dead of winter. Some of you may have been there. There was a bitter, hostile, anti-next-gen audience, I think. <laughs> and angry <laughs> and I didn't know what I was in for I didn't know what the Star Trek thing was really going to be like people had told me it's going to change your life I didn't know how I was also unaware of the power of the conventions and the power of the fans I had also been told but didn't really understand that and nobody really wanted to see a bald captain with an you know, English accent and a French name <laughs> on on the bridge and a blind guy driving the ship and there, was, there, was all, there were issues right so it was a very skeptical audience let's say I was nervous I didn't know what I was getting in for and I was waiting in what they referred to as the dealer's room by a table that was selling the old uh, you know skinnier younger version of all of us the action figures those little action figures like the first ones how you doing? You're not taping, right? Likely story. <laughs> so, there is 
selling Jordy LaForge for 35 bucks. They had this weird limited dialogue data for like 45 or 50 bucks. Sir Patrick, not yet Sir Patrick, but they had, you know, Captain Pecan, the wackiest nut in the galaxy, 75 bucks. And at the end of the table, I swear on my children, a sign that says, buy any action figure, get Riker free. <laughs>
Beyond Chart podcast. Lower your inhibitions and surrender your years. We will add inspirational and hilarious trip content to your day. Your attention will adapt to subscribe to us. Resistance is futile. <laughs>